Storm Bowling Products. The Bowlers Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Nicholas Bohannon. Nicholas is a head coach for the men and women's bowling teams out at Quincy University. Nicholas, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, well, Nicholas, so you were named back in 2019 the head coach for the men and women's bowling team there at Quincy University. Getting that team ready, let's let's talk about how that process has been for you and what have been some of the, I guess, uh, the more eye-opening things you've seen in in putting the team together and just getting this uh, program off the ground. Yeah, um, it's it's been a challenge, like definitely learning how to recruit um, and reach out to to student athletes has been a big challenge because. Um, you know, my previous coaching experiences, I haven't had to do recruiting. My team was basically put together for me. So that was a big, big change. Um, but it's been fun trying to meet a lot of people and talk to them about the program and try and convince them that they should come to Quincy. And tell us a little bit about the university itself, where it's located, um, maybe what some of the you know advantages that Quincy has over some other Uh, maybe higher profile bowling programs. I mean, there's a lot of people that um, when they're thinking about places to go for school, maybe their mind, you know, immediately goes to the McKendries or the Webers or the, you know, Nebraska's of the world. But what should, what should somebody be looking at or thinking about why they would want to give Quincy a shot? Okay. Yeah. Quincy is in Quincy, Illinois. It's on the West side of the state. We're about two, two and a half hours northwest of St. Louis. So we're actually really close to McKendree. Um, our women's program is uh, an NCAA Division II program, and our men's program will compete on the USBC side. Um, we're, the school is a Catholic-based Franciscan philosophy um, school that's private um even though you know it's a religious school it's not a requirement that you be catholic to attend i know that that's a question that i get asked a lot um that it's not a requirement um it's open to any uh, faith and religion uh it has a very tight family feel to it with only 1200 students and close to half of those students are athletes so it's very close-knit where all the athletes support each other and go to and watch each other's competition so there's definitely a family feel to the to the university and the community is very nice it's a small town of 40,000 bowling's been pretty popular here in the past uh, and they're just trying to get it the popularity going again in the in the community so it's i have a lot of support from the bowling center uh we have a bowling center that's two blocks from campus it's family owned and they've 
are basically bending over backwards for me. Um, they gave me a key to the facility so we can come in and practice whenever we need to really. And that's, I think is a great benefit to us is that, that they, they give us the support that we need and don't really mm-hmm. ask any questions. Just like, just do whatever you need to do and we'll make it work. And so mm-hmm. That's, I think, really good. Um, you know, since we're a, a new program, we have a small roster size right now. Uh, so there's a lots of opportunities to come in and compete for a starting spot, uh, especially on our guy side. Um, I had a challenge of getting uh, guys to come in this first year because the guys are considered clubs, so we didn't have any athletic scholarships like the, a lot of the NAIA programs do. But the university is trying – to help me out and try and, and get some scholarships to try and boost the, the men's program. So uh, the guys team's actually going to start competing the following year. Uh, so I do have a couple guys on campus right now that are practicing and trying to get better, but I have a lot of opportunities that, for freshmen to come in right away and, and compete a lot. So that's one benefit that I have. Uh, on the women's side, we we have I have four girls right now. I have two more that are supposed to be coming in at semester, so I still have a small roster there with lots of opportunity. Um, we're going to start competing in January, is the is our plan, assuming that everything goes as expected with with the coronavirus. But it, it, the coronavirus is definitely created challenges with recruiting and, and getting girls on campus. Uh, that's why I have two girls coming in late because they just weren't able to get here because of the virus. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like your program, if someone is looking to bowl, they're going to have the opportunity there. That's one of the things we mentioned, some of the bigger programs. You're, you won't always have that opportunity. It sounds like with you guys, that opportunity to bowl will be there. That experience will be there. You won't be on the, the JV team. You'll get to shoe up right away and compete. And, and that has to be a draw for some kids. And I hope kids are listening. Well, will uh, will certainly consider that because there's some kids, they don't like going to a school and, and maybe they're the best kid in high school, but they go to, uh, you know, a big school and they're like the sixth best or seventh or eighth or 10th best on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have, I've, I've pitched that to athletes and it's, it, for some reason it just hasn't clicked and it doesn't seem like that, that they can come in and bowl right away. Um, and I don't know if it's just because it's a new program and they don't understand that we're going to be competing at the same competitions. Um, so like we're looking on the guy side to go to the, a lot of the major competitions uh, we'll try to go to as many tier one program um, tournaments as we can. Um, on the women's side, we're part of the GLVC, the Great Lakes Valley Conference. So we're in the same conference as McKendry and Central Missouri. Uh, so those are two pretty dominant programs in the past 10 years. So we have great competition, and we're planning on the women's side to go to as many of the high-level tournaments that we can and compete against the best. Hey, Nick, we go back quite a few years. We've got our ties with uh, Wichita State, uh, and we worked together down there at USBC for 
a little while. And your background was quite interesting um, in the knowledge that you had and that you brought to the USBC coaching department. I thought it was pretty unique. Why don't you just tell a little bit, talk a little bit about your your background and your expertise? And and I was even thinking a little bit of that project you did where you were starting to get some of those uh, measurements and metrics for some of the the Team USA players and the top professionals and amateurs with uh, uh, unique measurements with uh, the the flexion of the wrist and the length of uh, arm and how high they can jump and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I, as Steve mentioned, I went to Wichita state, um, go shockers, out for baby. The program. That's right. Go shockers. Um, and I was, <laughs> you know, talking about, you know, players going to program or kids going to programs and not being a bowl. I went to Wichita state and wasn't able to bowl. I found out that I wasn't quite good enough skill wise to go up against Sean Rash and Nathan Bohr and a plethora of other highly talented bowlers. <laughs> so I ended up just focusing on school and studied after, you know, having failed attempts at school studying aerospace engineering, I switched over to exercise science and got a bachelor's in exercise science, also a bachelor's in athletic training, and then also got my master's in exercise science. And so really worked on a lot on studying how the the body moves and then that got into the study that I got into at USBC at the beginning was you know doing body measurements and trying to see if there was a correlation between these different body measurements and success and there were some things that we found that were interesting and some things were like well okay maybe but maybe not but definitely we we saw that when we're looking at younger athletes, those that can, you know, do well in like a vertical jump or a broad jump had more athletic ability. So they could easily or had the potential to easily develop skills compared to the athlete to bowlers that weren't as athletic. Uh, we also looked at balance tests and we found that those athletes that scored well on the balance test did well at bowling because they were going to be more stable in the finished position. And we also did a functional movement screen, which looked for strength and flexibility limitations uh, that would also limit their ability to have a fluid motion in their approach. And so we're actually doing a lot of those same things here at Quincy. Um, The first week of, of practice that's what we did was we did the functional movement screen and the balance test and we also did um some vo2 max estimation testing just to get a good look at their cardio cardiovascular fitness um and so then we go from there and then attack their limitations to try to get them to help them move better um and then after you left USBC, I went back to school at Texas Women's University and started my master's degree, a second master's degree in biomechanics. Mm. So I could learn one, how to one master's use wasn't mo- enough. Nick? <laughs> it, well, I, yeah, I didn't finish it. I got, <laughs> I got too busy. Um, but you know, we had the USBC had purchased the motion capture system and you know, thing, you know, different scenarios came up to where the engineers 
moved on to further their careers and then the system was just collecting mm-hmm. dust so i went back to school to learn how to use it and so we started doing that and i was doing a study on for my thesis was looking at different ways to change ball speed and seeing which was the most effective way you know moving up and back on the approach the moving up to slow down and then moving back to speed up but also raising seeing what the effects of raising and lowering the ball in your start position would do because you know how traditionally it's been taught to throw it faster you raise the ball up in your start mm-hmm. and and then I was looking at lowering it because then you're able to get the ball into your swing sooner so you stay in better timing and so we definitely saw that by lowering it you know you were able to have better shot repeatability so your your cat's numbers didn't change at all where when you raise it you would start to throw it in different places because you get out of sync so we wouldn't didn't necessarily see the big changes in ball speed that way, but we definitely saw that you maintain your shot repeatability, which is sometimes more important. Yeah, so that's basically my background is I have a huge background in in sports science, and so that's how I attack my coaching style is through looking at the physical game and how to make it better in a nutshell. <laughs> So, Nick, when it comes to science, what does the science say bet- between or, or regarding rev rates? Like, have we reached the point where we're as far as we can go where, you know, you see guys where they're at just north of 600? I believe that's the highest. But have we reached about the, the maximum that we're, we're going to see regarding rev rate or can we go even higher? That's a good question. And I don't have the answer, but I would I feel like if I said that we've reached our limit or the ceiling, then someone would break it and I would be wrong. So I'm going to say that we have not reached it and that someone will find a way to do better because we're probably, there's probably some way to be more efficient and be in, in better positions at the finished position to have, you know, more results or, you know, more rev rate. Um, Because, you know, I mean, I have, you know, thoughts about stuff and I feel like we could always use our legs more. And I feel like if we can just get in a little bit better position, we can might see, you know, eventually see, you know, smaller increments of, of improvement. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the ceiling is, but I feel like there's always a possibility that someone's going to do figure a way to do more by just getting in that little bit better position than they are right now. Now, do you try to teach as far as power with uh, you know higher rev rates and higher ball speeds and such when it uh, when it comes to the you know younger players, whether it's male or female, or do you have some different you know strategies or based on any kind of physical uh, limitations or athleticism, or, or do you just kind of focus a little bit more on you know shot repeatability and consistency? Uh, right. Well, right now we're really focusing on just learning to use the lower body more. I really am a component of, um, or I don't know if that's the right word, but of using more slide. Um, I feel a lot of high school kids, when I've been out looking at kids, they just don't slide anymore. Like, like I feel like we used to. Um, so we've been, you know, really doing different drills, like 
the three-step drill and and other drills to use the lower body more and try mm-hmm. and get get more knee bend and get into a lower position at the at the foul line to try and, and use that to develop power. So so yeah, I feel like we're just I'm really focusing on on the basics really. Um just trying to be more fundamentally sound and and through that increased shot repeatability and and hopefully get increases in, in rev rate and ball speed at the same time. And where does what you guys are bowling on, the oil pattern, where does that come into things with you guys and where you're at on the team? Are you able to practice on different shots? Do you have that stuff set up, or is it just we're working on the fundamentals and when it gets to tournaments we'll start worrying about lane play and what we're you know what to use when and even different you know equipment and layouts and drillings etc yeah um we we've been practicing on a house shot for the first month and we actually are we're going to be having one of the ncaa patterns out tomorrow for the first time so this this uh, podcast is actually coming at a unique time for us because we are really in the transition where um, we're really starting to put things together. Um, so I know the girls have been eager to start to start bowling on on some harder patterns. So we're just now getting into that that moment. Um, the last three weeks we've been doing a lot of classroom time about lane play. Um, you know, learning about lane patterns, topography, um, equipment, and what different physical changes we can do, like rev rate, ball speed, axis rotation, and what effects tilt have on on ball motion. So now we can start to put that all together on the lanes and see how that works. And then we also just got our first shipment of storm bowling balls in today. So – we're going to soon be drilling those up and having some fresh covers and being able to really see what the bowling balls can do to help us score more. That's awesome. Hey, we were just talking about that. Um, I was uh, just this, uh, you know, recently here on a podcast with the USBC um, going through the open championship stuff. And we were just talking about, uh, you know, some of the work I do here at storm is uh, helping with R and D and product development. And it doesn't matter if you're, uh, uh, you know, if you bowl once a week or uh, once a month or if you're a professional bowler, you know, bowling for a living. You know, whenever we're doing uh, some research on a new bowling ball and a new cover stock and a new core, I mean, it's exciting, you know. And I guarantee you, your players, you see some new new equipment in their hands, they're going to they're gonna be excited. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, because, like, this area, um, they haven't really had a lot of, of sport patterns out and so we put one out today uh just to see what it looks like so we're on on wood lanes and so the volume of oil is a little bit different than what they're used to and so the lane man and i were, were bowling he's like he was all excited he was like a, a little kid at christmas because he's mm-hmm. like because <laughs> he's so he's That's been right. so used to a certain oil pattern and then he's now he's on on this and he's like "Ooh, this is fun so Kind right, of, totally. kind of exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure that that the girls will be like that tomorrow as well. So it'll be fun. Oh boy, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good day. 
Yeah, my final yep. question, I guess, is, Nick, you just mentioned you got those new rocks you're going to have in your hand. How cool is it to have a company like Storm helping you guys out with the equipment and you guys, you know, bring it in for the guys and ladies that you can use the, the best equipment out there? It's awesome. Uh, you know, we didn't really mention that I was in Hong Kong for a few years, and we were, we were using Storm over there as well a lot, and so I was more familiar with them when – so. I definitely wanted to reach out to Storm when I came here and started working and looking for a ball company and and just you know I just know you know recognize how much of a family Storm is and so I wanted to be a part of that because you know, even on my birthday you know Bill will send me a, a happy birthday message on Facebook and so it's really you know he goes out of his way to to make you feel good so. I just knew it was going to be a, a great decision, and definitely the balls definitely helped with them being really good with ball reaction. So it was <laughs> almost a no-brainer. And then you know, no, and I know a lot of people in Storm, so I knew that I could find people to to help me. Just like I called Steve to get some recommendations on on some rocks to buy. Yeah, and we didn't even really touch on that much with your time in uh, in Hong Kong. And you know, I mean, there is. Uh, without a doubt, there's a you know a lot of people aren't aware, but bowling really is a worldwide sport, and uh, there are some you know Michael Mack, for example, he was uh, we we made the telecast together at a tournament in Korea uh, last December, and uh, I mean the the level of play uh, and, and the skill level and you know quality of some of these players all around the the globe that you don't really get a chance to you know to see them on a frequent basis here in the U.S. It's uh, it's it's pretty incredible, and that had to have been a pretty cool experience for you, uh, being able to you know be around and work with, and uh, see and learn and help and assist them as well uh, become better players because there's a there's a lot of talent around the globe. Yeah, there there is, and yeah, it was a great experience being able to go over there and learn learned a lot, um, and then also met a lot of people that are going to be friends for a while. Um, you know, got to go to different countries that being from a small town in Missouri that I never thought I would ever go to. So bowling has been great at being able to offer me that, but, you know, having friends in Indonesia and Malaysia, the Philippines, Korea, it's great. Awesome. Well, Nicholas Bohannon, head bowling coach there at Quincy University for the men and women's team. I want to thank you for being here on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. Certainly we'll be catching up with you again. I feel like we could keep going. There's a lot of different things we could hit, but um, appreciate your time, and uh, and we'll catch up with you again down the road. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you very much.